0: Welcome to Career & Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve.
1: And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients.
0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. It's a follow on from the episodes we did on burnout a few weeks back. So what we wanted to do today, now that you are aware of the 12 stages of burnout, we wanted to help you think about some strategies that can reduce the risk of suffering burnout and really increase your resilience levels. So we're going to talk through a framework and give some examples of how we've helped our clients to, to overcome burnout and increase their resilience. So I think Probably, the best place to start is to to look at what is resilience, because I think that can mean different things to different people, can't it?
1: Yeah, it really does. And I really like the idea that resilience is bounce back ability. So it's that capacity that people have to handle. The things that are thrown at them. And that can, we're talking in a careers context. So we're talking about work specifically, but the same principles apply to life generally and all the curveballs that get thrown at people that way. And obviously they impact each other as well. And that capacity to be able to handle those things that get thrown at you. And yes, they might knock you, but how able are you to bounce back, to get back to an even keel? and a regular state and kind of manage yourself and not feel that you are impacted too severely by that pressure. When we talked in the burnout episode, we talked about that equation where burnout basically looks at how much stress are you under, regardless of where it's coming from, how much capacity do you have to cope with those things. And over a prolonged period, If your capacity to cope is lower than the stress that you're exposed to, then you will be progressing through those stages of burnout. You will be increasing your risk that ultimately you will end up at full burnout. If over a period of time your capacity to cope is greater than the stress that you're exposed to, then you will be in a situation where you are hopefully not progressing or where you may not be even. Moving into that risk of burnout at all. So it's those two things that can have an impact. If you're wanting to reduce the risk of burnout for you or for members of your team, it's how can you reduce the stress that somebody's exposed to? And also on the flip side, the resilience piece is how can you increase the capacity that people have to cope? How can you make it so that people are more able to bounce back? So they'll still feel the impact of stress, but they have that capacity to get back to that even keel sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting perspective and way of looking at both of those things, isn't it? So if you had a client then that was at risk of burnout and you wanted to help them increase their resilience, what would you do?
1: So this comes up a lot. If you're listening to this podcast, then there is a good chance that you are an ambitious manager or leader and you want to progress your career. It comes with the territory that you are going to have A lot on your plate in various forms. You will likely have a fair bit on your plate at work and for most people they have a life outside of work so there will be things that will impact there as well. So this is a really regular conversation with clients and what I really like to use is a really simple framework that I first came across through an article and we'll link to the article in the show notes a few years ago and it was a proper light bulb moment for me and It's a framework that talks about managing your energy rather than your time. And the reason I think it struck such a chord for me is because back in the early days of my career, and I'll be interested to know whether you had this experience, one of the courses that you go on is time management. It's how to organize yourself, how to manage your time. And you get taught all these techniques, or you might know that you're supposed to, and you might not have a course, but you might go and Google it or listen to podcast episodes, how to be more organized, how to be more productive, how to manage your time better. And you learn things like the urgent important matrix. So you think about how to prioritize and you learn things like time blocking. So block time out on your calendar for tasks that are important and make sure that things are scheduled and all of that stuff. And that's all geared towards helping you manage your time. The problem is if the work that you've got (laughs) takes more time (laughs) than you have available to dedicate to that work, that in itself is a stressful situation. And organising and being productive are not bad things, but they're often, particularly when you're an ambitious manager or a leader, they're often not enough in their own right. So I'm looking at you nodding and sensing that you too have been down the time management route and been taught that.
0: Oh yeah, I've been on many time management courses and I don't think any of them has ever really landed properly with me. And I think when you go through that process and you go on the time management courses and you start blocking out the time and You start following everything that they say, and you know, when they put the rocks in the jar and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm sure everyone's been on a time management course, haven't they? Where they put the rocks. (laughs)
1: The people that haven't now are going to be Googling and they're like,
0: what's this thing about rocks in a jar? I think if you do Google it, though, it it will come up at the top. But yeah, and for me, it was like, I want to be the best. So I'm really ambitious. I want to keep driving forward, keep giving me these time management techniques. But I think there was always one major thing missing. From all of that. And it was like my energy levels, same for everyone, isn't it? Like you can't consistently be working 100 mile an hour and time blocking your life completely. The, the whole calendar is just time blocked to death. And you're like, okay, I'm going to get so much work done this week. And then actually, you eat the wrong foods or you don't get enough sleep or you, you're having a day where you feel a little bit flat. But I can't even think about that stuff because I just need to power on because I've got all of these time blocks in the calendar I've got to just get the work done and that's where I found myself slipping into burnout back in my corporate career because I was just like full steam ahead and it was like I can't have a day where I feel a bit tired or feel a bit awful maybe I've had the wrong breakfast so I'm not firing on all cylinders or that type of thing and nobody ever said to me like when are your energy levels the highest? Nobody mentioned that to me. It was just all about like time blocking and making sure you've got reminders set up, make sure things are pinging, alarms are going, all of this kind of stuff. But nobody ever said to me, when are you most energetic? <laughs> and that for me was a game changer. It
1: It really can be. So if I take a step back and just explain what I mean by managing your energy rather than your time, because probably... This kind of that question perhaps for people that are thinking, okay, what does that actually mean? And the point that was in the article that really struck the big chord for me was when they said, when you are at your best, you will get more done in an hour than when you are mediocre, you would get done in three hours, or when you're at your lowest, you will get done in seven or eight hours. And that for me was just the, that was the point at which the, the light bulb lit up. Because I was like, yes, that is the thing. The distinguish the difference between time and energy by saying time is a finite resource. You've got however many hours that you are dedicating to work. And regardless of your energy levels, that time is a finite amount. Say you work eight hours a day, 10 hours a day. That is how much time you've got. And you can't change that. And what people often do is then start to dedicate more hours to work, which increases the stress because they then start to progress down that route of burnout and they do things like dedicate less time to friends and family. And they, like you say, take shortcuts by having takeaways or eating badly, relying on caffeine to get them through the day, all of that kind of stuff. But energy on the other side is a replenishable resource. So there are things that deplete our energy and there are things that can replenish and increase our energy levels. And so the concept of this framework is that there's four different dimensions where you can be mindful of and manage your energy levels. And in doing that, The point is you need to rely less on the time management techniques because when your energy is high, you're getting more done in an hour than when you're at your worst Then you would get done in eight hours. So the point being by changing your attention and instead of trying to get better at setting all those alarms and blocking your diary, if you get better at replenishing your energy, then what that can do for you is mean that you are able to be more productive naturally. You are able to be more creative. You are able to just operate where you will naturally handle the pressures in a very different way. So I'm not knocking any of those time management techniques and they can be quite helpful in in creating structure. However, when they're taught as the be all and end all, they're just a very surface level dealing with the symptom. And if fundamentally you've got more to do than you can get done with your current energy levels in a day, the stress is going to increase because work is going undone or things are not happening. And that adds to people's stress. So, understanding what are the different dimensions of energy and how can I ensure that my energy is at its best, once you get that fundamental jigsaw piece that I'm going to get more done naturally, all of a sudden, then the mindset changes and you're right, now I get it instead of all of these alarms. Like To me, the idea of time blocking my entire diary and setting all these alarms straight away, that depletes my energy because I'm like, oh, it's sucking my soul, the idea of... Trying to just stick to that rigid routine. That just doesn't work with my energy and how I work when I'm at my best.
0: Yeah. And I think, do you know what? I think that's a really good point as well, isn't it? Because it's what works for you is right for you. So I don't know if how you work has changed over the years, but I used to be a real morning person. So I would get up in the morning, I'd be firing on all cylinders. I'd have, as long as I had some kind of protein for breakfast, I'd be ready to go. I'd have loads of energy. And I would get a lot done in the mornings. But as I've got older, that's changed. So I'm not getting as much done in the mornings because I'm not as awake as what I used to be and all of that kind of stuff. And it's just recognizing that and going, okay, so actually, my energy is higher now in the evenings. So what can I do? Kind of switch the day around, kind of change, like maybe put some meetings later on in the day. Or if I've got some admin work to do, I'm going to do that at the time when my energy levels are the highest because I know I'll get more done it'll be more accurate and it'll be much faster so I think it is just looking at identifying your own peak energy times and when are they and reviewing them regularly because I was always of the opinion like I work best in the mornings and then I went through a real period of time where I didn't work best in the mornings I was working better in the evenings but then I was getting up super early and then working really long days which is not ideal either because I'd more energy later on so I think it is about recognizing when those peak energy times are and allocating those things that are going to take a while or the most important things that you you need to get off your list when you've got that time to just fire through them and get them done and you're not going to then end up in a situation where you're just wearing yourself out because use that peak energy time for those things that are maybe a little bit trickier or a little bit more time consuming absolutely and for me I've never been a morning person
1: and so many people try and shoehorn themselves into the working hours that the typical half eight till whenever or nine till whenever and I know that I've never been at my best first thing in the morning. So for me, the morning is ideal for easing myself into the day, for doing tasks that are really easy, simple. Admin tasks for me ease me into the day. So replying to emails, dealing with stuff that is just really straightforward, that kind of lets my brain have stuff that's monotonous, straightforward, not taxing at those earlier times of day with my coaching work and development work now I generally don't plan much that starts with client work before 9 30 in the morning because I know I'm still waking up at that point now that doesn't mean I can never do it of course I can it's absolutely fine but if I were to be in a role that was needing me to be switched on and lively at eight in the morning that would take quite an adjustment for me somebody else will be the complete opposite and they would find that they are really awake with ideas and that works really well. So like you say, it's really about knowing your own preferences and when you are at your best and thinking about what tasks do you do at those times and how do you make it so that when your energy is good, then that's when you use it. Another tip that I share with clients is that There is so within this manage your energy rather than your time framework, there's four different dimensions of energy management. So, thinking of four different types of energy that can be relatively higher or lower, and thinking about how do you make sure that you replenish and top up your energy in each of those areas. So, the first of them is physical, and this is looking at things like sleep patterns, nutrition, staying well hydrated all of that kind of stuff comes under the physical. And it's interesting because that's often the first place that people need to start to increase their energy because they're feeling sluggish, like you said, because they are stuck in that cycle of they're working longer hours, they're trying to get more done. And it's an interesting one as well for people that do find that their energy naturally is quite good in the evening. Often it's about actually switching off work a little bit earlier because and and I definitely have fallen into this because I tend to wake up later in the day. I could still be going and still feel quite energized at eight nine o'clock in the evening, but if I work until that time, then I find it quite hard to switch off and ease back and get to sleep. so then the next day, I'm exacerbating that problem of a later start. And then I feel like, oh, I want to catch up and keep going into later. So often just paying attention to things like that and kind of going, do you know what, I could keep working. But if I do, the consequences that then my sleep is going to be impacted. And then that's going to impact my energy tomorrow is a more sensible decision. And it's hard when you are in flow. And when you feel like things are going really well, it's actually, it's not just my energy now, but it will be physically, what will my energy levels be like tomorrow, if I'm not going to sleep, or I might sleep okay, but then I won't have time to have breakfast, because by the time I'll sleep longer, then that can impact. So it's often looking at what have you potentially started to sacrifice on the physical side? Are you exercising less? Are you sleeping less? Are you not staying well hydrated? Are you drinking more alcohol, because you want to Wind down at night, and then your quality of sleep is affected from that. It's all those kinds of things where you can start to make some small changes that can have a big impact quite quickly on your energy. Like physical energy is quite quick to react to the way that we're operating.
0: Yeah, definitely, and you know what? That's a good point as well about drinking alcohol because I know for me when in periods of stress or when I've got a lot of work on what I'll tend to do is work longer hours and start eating more chocolate so then the knock-on effect of that is just feeling even more tired so now if I'm kind of looking at this is my second bar of chocolate of the day I'm like hold on a minute there's something going on here and it's just being really self-aware isn't it and really thinking about what works for you and understanding yourself because as soon as I'm reaching for a second bar of galaxy during the day I'm like do you really need this or are you eating it because you're going to skip a meal or you've skipped a meal because you've worked through what is going on for you and these days now I find it a lot easier to manage time and energy but back when I was in the corporate world when I was a new leader I had a lot to to prove and you've got that real drive to do everything to move forward I found it more difficult to manage time and energy so I'd do things like skip exercise I would I would be almost burning the candle at both ends I'd be going out in the evening getting up super early going into work working through maybe skipping breakfast skipping lunch and the knock-on effect of that was just like zero energy which meant then I was less productive but working longer hours to try and make up for the fact that I was less productive and it's only now when I look back on that time that I think wow you could have got so much more done and you know you can still slip into it now like every now and again when it's a busy time you can still slip back into those old ways but it is just being alert to what's going on and what that means for you I think that really makes a difference for me Absolutely. And I think people can
1: feel nervous of making some of those changes because they feel like I haven't got time to exercise. I haven't got time to cook from scratch. I haven't got enough hours to get that many hours sleep. And I think it's when you have that realisation that when you don't do those things, when you don't look after yourself physically, then you're exacerbating the problem. And an example, so I play netball and a couple of the people that I play netball with have got quite high stress jobs. And one of them has still been coming to netball training recently and another message last week and had missed netball training. And she said to me, I will be there next week because what I've realized is netball keeps me sane. And the one who has still been coming, yes, it's a pressure, it's an effort to get away and to... Stop work on time to make the time for it. But the benefit then from doing that and having that kind of physical energy, but also it leads into the second one, which is the mental energy. So the first dimension is looking at your physical energy, the second is mental. And I think that's the thing is that it also goes into that mental energy because when you do something different that's not work related we're talking here where work is the main stressor, then you switch your brain onto something else and that eases the mental load. It changes what your attention and what your focus is on. And mental energy is such a crucial one. And one of the things that I talk to clients about with mental energy is that we are naturally programmed That So during sleep, people know about the different phases of sleep. So you'll have lighter sleep, deeper sleep. Your dream sleep is your lightest, your rapid eye movement sleep. And and we cycle through those. And anybody that's got a Fitbit or any of that kind of tech where they analyze their sleep may or may not be as fascinated as me by the cycles and how much time you spend in each of those phases. But we have the same during the day. We have naturally phases where our mental energy is higher and then it will dip normally between 90 and 120 minutes. And yet we feel like our concentration and our mental focus should be the same all the way through the day. And I remember a client that I worked with, we did a whole kind of 12-week program of working together and this was one of the biggest game changers for her, was starting to change so that she planned her work and within her working day started to pay attention to her mental focus and how her mental focus naturally dipped. And when it dips, you just have a short 10 minute break. You can walk outside, you can put the washing on, get up and move around. But it's that thing of not expecting yourself to have this same peak mental focus for the whole time that you're working. And for her, that was a real game changer. She started to notice how does she work? How does her mental focus shift when it does? Don't try and push through because then you start the next cycle where your base energy is lower and you gradually during the day just deplete your mental, your concentration and focus and that mental energy that's available to you. Like I say, for her, it was, oh my God, this is within my control now. I can actually pay attention to it. And then each chunk of work that I start on, I can start on with a higher mental capacity.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's brilliant advice really, isn't it? Because I think that's what we all forget, isn't it? When we just try and work through, we're starting each phase with that lower level of energy and that lower level of mental capacity as well. And I think one of the things that I was just thinking about then when you were talking about that is, also thinking about boundaries and the boundaries that you've got and we've mentioned boundaries on a few episodes and we we'll, we can link to our boundaries episodes as well in the show notes but really focusing in and learning to say no to those non-essential commitments and tasks that you agree to but they absolutely drain your energy and there's no real meaningful return from those things but we just agree to them for whatever reason so I think a real key thing for me as well is protecting your energy by setting those clear boundaries because I think that really helps as well because along with all of the other stuff like recognizing those peaks and troughs in energy levels just also noticing that maybe sometimes not necessarily people are taking advantage of you because there's different ways of looking at it isn't it? but I think it's just looking at what is essential and non-essential to you and then learning how you say no and doing it to protect your energy and really get those clear boundaries in place and it's hard to start with but it it does help
1: it really is and that brings me on to the the third one which is the emotional energy so managing your emotional energy can be one of the hardest things because often what impacts your emotional energy at work is other people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, boundaries is a classic example of how other people behave and how they are with you can have a real impact on your own emotional state. And learning how to regulate your own emotional state better has such an impact on energy. So, if you think about those times where you just Absolutely, you read an email and you're like, oh, for God's sake, like (laughs) I've said this 17 times before, and you'll want to bash out a reply. And then you, okay, do I send this? Do I step away from this? If you can learn to manage and regulate your own emotional state, then your energy isn't depleted as much or for as long by those really irritating things that other people do. And one of the really simple things that can really help with that is just to literally and breathe. (laughs) (laughs) When something happens where you are feeling frustrated, anxious, irritated, all of those things that can impact because of how other people are, it's to take your attention from that situation that is prompting that negative emotion and to just focus on your own breathing for literally 10 seconds it's amazing how quickly that calms your emotional and nervous system and how that can take you out of that negative emotional state so being in a negative emotional state being in a state of um doubt fear self-doubt fear anxiety all of those things is incredibly depleting of energy and so if you can and i get it's very simplistic we're talking a half hour podcast episode not you know everything but it's amazing how quickly a few deep breaths can work to regulate your nervous system and therefore your emotional energy it gets you back to a more neutral state because it takes your attention away from the thing that's causing the negative emotion and onto is that this is a lot of what mindfulness is about, brings you back to where you are, your current state, your breathing, and it it takes you your attention away from the trigger that has prompted what could be a big drain on your emotional energy. So again, that's a really simple technique, but can be incredibly useful. And it's hard to remember in the moment. <laughs> but it does make a big difference when people do it consistently.
0: Yeah, I think we're always saying, aren't we, you need to stop and pause and take that breath, and it is. It's so true. So what's the final part of the framework then?
1: So the final one is an interesting one. In the original article, it talks about spiritual and spiritual energy, and I find that one can be a little bit kind of some people really like that and they see themselves as quite spiritual. For other people, they find that quite tricky to relate to. So the language I prefer to use with clients is thinking about meaning and purpose. It's thinking about what meaning is there in the work that you do? Why do you do what you do? What do you enjoy about what you do? But also looking at what meaning and purpose do you have in your life generally? Because We've talked in the episode on what to do when you've lost your career mojo, about that experience that so many people have, where their life gets fuller and fuller, work gets busy, family life gets busy, things happen. And what happens is often you kind of lose sight of what's all this for? What's the point of all of this? And that's really what that one is about. And it with this, it's often a lot of work that I do with clients is around getting in touch with their personal values, their core values. Are those being met? How do you use those as a filter for making decisions? But also, things like how do you remind yourself of your strengths? How do you make sure that you're using your strengths in the way that you approach your work? And those kinds of things can really help to connect people back to what's the point of all this? Like, why am I even busting a gut to try and do a good job of this job as opposed to? that piece of it's just groundhog day and I'm just rinse and repeat and it just feels like the whole thing is draining so yeah very whistle stop in terms of covering those four areas but I feel like hopefully that will give enough nuggets so if you're listening to this and you're recognizing that maybe one or more of those can be off kilter will hopefully give you some strategies to be able to tap into okay how do I replenish or stop the drain on that particular form of energy and therefore Build my resilience and my capacity to cope with what work and life is throwing at me.
0: Yeah, I love that. And self awareness—that's the first step, isn't it? To to everything really that we talk about, just recognizing like what you need for you and putting you first, and making sure that you've got everything in place to to be able to manage your energy and and build that resilience. Yeah, and to be at your best. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're all about, isn't it? So thanks for listening to this week's episode we hope you found it useful and please don't forget to share it with anyone that you also think might find it useful and don't forget to rate and review on your favorite podcast platforms and if there is anything you'd like us to cover on the podcast then please do just drop us a message and let us know and we'll see you next time